Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi and welcome to the program Tawheed and the Creation, normally exploring the book The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body, authored by Wilasali Mani. But for the past couple of weeks, we have looked at current issues and current affairs, the fact that we find ourselves in lockdown due to the coronavirus, COVID-19, and we've also looked at the spiritual dimensions to a large degree and how we should be affected and how we should approach challenges such as these. As mentioned, my guest, Bittasali Bani, joining me online this evening. Bittasali, assalamu alaikum and welcome to the show once again. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Muhammad Fasih and the listeners. It's a pleasure having Bidasani with us, alhamdulillah. And of course, uh, talking about matters that uh, I think are so crucial, are so key. Uh, we as Muslims, we understand that uh, when things before us that are negative, obviously we ask Allah's Prophet's protection, but when things before uh, the Ummah that is negative, uh, there is a positive way to look at things as well. And that is that at the end of the day, Allah is in control. Yes, Muhammad Fasih. I um, I wonder if you will allow me, uh, just so that we can give some context to what is happening now, before I respond to that issue, and to talk about what must be a very uncertain period for everyone. The lockdown was supposed to last for 21 days. It's now been extended for another two weeks. Now, whether it last for another two weeks or not, if it's going to be longer, it's going to affect people in different ways. Um, especially the people who are not going to get a salary. People are not going to, the, some of the people who don't have income, the longer the, um, the uh, lockdown is extended, the more difficult it becomes for people. So I just want to say so that we are clear about this and we don't have false hopes. The fact that it's been extended, uh, the fact that it's been extended for two weeks, um, for now, nobody can say whether it's going to last only for another two weeks or not because the example that we are getting from everywhere else in the world, even in China where they managed to have gotten the virus more or less under control, they've had a partial relaxation of the lockdown. They've relaxed it and only some people are allowed to go back to work. And um, I think they've started or they're going to start soon in Spain and they have started to introduce some of that in Italy. Now, if we look at those examples, then it means that after the two weeks, if they're going to relax the lock lockdown, it's not going to be that everything is back to normal, that everyone can go and work. I want people just so that they can make the necessary preparations in whatever way they have to, to prepare themselves for a, perhaps another period ahead. 
I'm not trying to scare people, but I want, I'm saying this because I want people to be prepared for what is the possibility of what could be happening out there. But certainly the other thing that comes to mind, and that is, uh, so, so we've mentioned uh, what's been happening in China and uh, the approach that has been adopted. Obviously, it's natural for people to be concerned about work to be concerned about movement, to be concerned about various other things that has been curtailed due to the lockdown. But how do we then begin to look at this in a way that, again, is constructive? Because ultimately, the word on everyone's lips is bala, is a difficulty, is crisis. And those words have a very negative connotation and they ring in our minds in a very negative way. And yet we are talking about people being tested, both believers and non-believers, people who are obedient to Allah subhanahu wa law and people who have been neglectful. So how do we understand this, especially if we think about the challenges faced is basically borne by every single human being at the moment on this dunya? Muhammad Fasih, um, I think it's such an important question that you are posing because it goes to the essence of how we believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It has everything to do with what our understanding of Tawheed is, the very topic that we are trying to do and explain things about. Now, I mentioned in a previous session about one of the awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Abdul Qadir Jailani, Aziz, may Allah be pleased with him. Um, and I'm going to, from another book of his, I'm going to quote what he says of how we normally respond when we are tested by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, the thing before I go into what the Sheikh has said, I want to say firstly, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't benefit at all from anything that we do in this dunya. It doesn't matter what it is that we do, whether it is good or whether it is bad, whether we are obedient or whether we are disobedient, it doesn't matter at all to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not affected by anything that we do, good or bad. Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jailani, one of the awliya of Allah, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, said in one of his books that when calamity strikes, then the slave can react to it in one of three possible ways. Now, the first way he says is, and I'm not going to repeat what I said last week. This is a new, this is a new uh, article. The first response uh, or one of the responses that people will have is they express unhappiness or anger or dissatisfaction. They complain about what Allah is putting them through. Now, people who respond like that, that's a clear reflection of how weak the Iman is. And hopefully we won't, as Muslims, ever react to difficulties and tests that comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, like that. And I hope inshallah that me and you and the listeners out there, we are not part of this group. 
who responds in that way when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests us. Because Sheikh says that the reason why some of these people are tested like this, it could be as a punishment for unacceptable behavior or their total disobedience. You must remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't test all of us in the same way. The coronavirus doesn't test the rich the same as the poor. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't test the healthy the same as the people who are sick. So in this crisis that we are in, there's a different type of test for each person. Although the conditions are generally the same, that we lock down and we have this pandemic, but it affects every person in their own particular unique way. So it could be that it is a punishment for disobedience or unacceptable behavior. Then the, 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 the respected sheikh says, the possible second response, even though the slave feels pain and hurt and discomfort and unease with what is happening, they express satisfaction with what Allah has decreed. Like, for example, when people uh, die, then they say, what can we do? Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajihun. They accept and they don't fight, they don't express dissatisfaction. Now, in a case like that, these people clearly fall in a different category to the first category. They are people whose iman has been elevated and their taqwa is much stronger than the first group. <clears throat> and the sheikh says that people in this category, the second category, Allah gives them these tests and these trials to purify their hearts, to remove traces or signs of reliance on others from their heart so that eventually, with all the difficulty that they are experiencing, they start trusting completely in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in control not only of their lives, but also the conditions within which they live their lives. So it is a possibility that this could be to purify the heart of that particular slave. And the third one, the third category, this is the high category. This is the category of the elect, of the elect, of the oliyah, and the people who are very close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when they are confronted with hardships, they don't only express satisfaction and acceptance of what has happened, they actually express joy and happiness and gratitude for what Allah is putting them through. Difficulties, I'm talking about difficulties now. I'm talking about Allah's testing them either with health or sustenance or whatever other difficulty that they, they are going through. And they express gratitude and joy because they know that if Allah has put them through something, there is benefit in it for them and they accept it like that. Now, people who are at this level, they are the people of a much higher station and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used that difficulty as a means of elevating the station of that particular slave. 
Now we are we are of course very far from that. We are weak, but it's something that we should recognize that that is a category of people that exist out there um, who have understood that difficulties and hardships should be recognized as pure blessings from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the slave. No matter what you are going through, at the end of the day, it is something that they must look for and search for so that they can extract, extract the full benefit of what they are actually experiencing at that particular point. The voice of Bidasari Mani, this is the program Tawheed the Creation. This uh, evening we are speaking about the challenges faced by society in the period of lockdown, but looking at it from the perspective of Tawheed, from the perspective of uh, building Iman, from the perspective of looking at how we as Muslims need to engage with every challenge, with every test that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends and particularly one of the biggest tests that the world has seen has been the coronavirus, this COVID-19, and it affects every aspect of life. And uh, certainly even our spiritual lives have been affected by this uh, reality. Uh, Time for us to take a break. When we come back, we will continue. Stay tuned. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Welcome back to the program Tawheed and the Creation, exploring the book The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body, normally. But tonight we are reflecting on COVID 19, we're reflecting on the challenges facing the Ummah and how we as uh, Muslims can extract benefit, how we as Muslims can uh, look at the challenge and tests from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a positive way and understanding. And before the break, Prasadi, just to touch on what we had said and maybe summarize. So really, the way that we engage with the test is a demonstration of our iman, is a demonstration of how we as Muslims not only perceive Allah, but what our status, what our relationship is with Allah at that moment. SubhanAllah, 100%. If we react, uh, when we express dissatisfaction, then that shows your iman is very weak. If you express acceptance of what Allah has decreed, then it shows you are in a better category, but there is still room for improvement. If you express gratitude and joy with whatever happens, good or bad, then you are in a very elevated category. And depending on your response, you can determine your own level of Iman and Taqwa through that. So what you are saying is 200% correct. SubhanAllah. Now, uh, but certainly the the one thing that I maybe wanted to reflect on just for a moment is when we look at the question and th- this question has been posed and I think we've we've asked it in previous uh, programs but there tends to be the sentiment out there from people again around the test of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we know the news is floating around and uh, the fake news is floating around people are saying that uh, this disease is a man-made disease and I've actually witnessed someone commenting saying well if it's a man-made disease then you can't say it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and therefore basically what they're saying is you've got to blame the person who potentially created the disease 
obviously that person was reading some fake news reports on WhatsApp and that's not the reality. But so how do we respond when someone starts saying things like that, where they are trying to remove Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the equation and saying that man is responsible for what is happening now? You see, Muhammad Fasih, people who speak like that gives you an indication of their understanding of Tawheed and their Aqidah, their belief system. If we believe that anything can happen in this entire universe that doesn't come from Allah, you are actually putting whatever that is that's causing, say, for example, we're talking about the virus and they say this virus has been caused by man and doesn't come from Allah, then they are in fact saying, listen to what they are saying, how dangerous it is. They are saying that Allah can create certain things, but man can also create certain things. They're actually putting that person or individuals up on the same level as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah can create and, and man can also create. Astaghfirullah, may Allah forgive us and protect us Amen. from ever thinking like that. That nothing, nothing can come from creation if Allah doesn't will for it to come from creation. Nothing can happen outside the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when we go into the uh, deeper aspects of Tawheed that we hope to go into, where we deal with the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we will understand the importance of understanding what is the will of Allah and where does our choice fit into the will of Allah. Allah has decreed certain things, but yet Allah has given us the choice and free will to do certain decisions on our own. Now, that is something that's going to require a bit more time, but except to say this, that that person who made that uh, statement, it depends at what level they, they actually made the statement. Because if it is that he truly believes that it comes from a human intervention, wherever that may have been, then they are actually committing a grave, grave sin. Uh, they're setting up that as an alternative source of being able to create things and to make things happen. That is not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is clearly the kind of comment that we should distance ourselves from. But Asani, just on the question of Tawheed, and we know this is a very broad subject uh, when we really delve into the relationship between man and his Lord, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we begin to look and we scratch the surface of this and we try and understand what is achieved through tests, what should man be deriving? What spiritual, uh, should I say, resetting of the self should be taking place when man is being tested? How does he, as a creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then through those tests, realign himself to become more, more obedient, more in recognition and in awe of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, while experiencing the test and after it has passed? I will respond by saying our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is supposed to be one of a slave towards a master, a creator. And if we don't know who the master is, truly, we just say it's a master. Already in a worldly example, you wouldn't know how to please the master. 
if somebody says that person who lives in another country that you've never seen and never known and never met is your master, but you want to do things that's pleasing to your master, how can you do it? Now, in a spiritual relationship, it's essential for, for us. It's the very basis of our belief system to try and find ways of getting to know who is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, if we say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not visible with the eyes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is unseen, then how do we get to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? It's impossible for us. We can't even think of the electromagnetic waves in the air. We accept that it's there because we are told our phones operate and the TVs operate and, 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 and the internet operates on the electromagnetic waves in the air. That we can't even get into our minds. Now, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is unseen and not visible with the eyes, and our minds cannot comprehend things that's not really visible, then it would have been extremely difficult if, if Allah left it just like that. But Allah is so merciful. Allah told us in the Quran and the Sunnah of how to actually get to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's, it's Allah's advice and instruction for us. If you want to get to know me, get to know me through my beautiful names and my sifat. What do we actually know about the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Yes, we can all recite it. We've been taught that as children. Alhamdulillah, we thank our, our forefathers for putting us through that compulsory process of getting to know the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we left it like that, unfortunately. We haven't made effort to understand the 20 sifat in a way that it actually draws us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when we talk about Tawheed, we're actually talking about getting to know the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the way that Allah describes himself uh, in the Quran and through his beautiful names. But Sally, just in wrapping up the discussion this evening, Obviously, we'll be delving a lot deeper into Tawheed in the coming weeks, inshallah, as we as we use this opportunity as a means to really uncover that relationship that we need to have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as, as Allah's slaves and Allah as our creator and our, as our Rob. The question then is, from the perspective of Tawheed and our understanding of Allah and growing our understanding of Allah through the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and through the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how important is it for us to then take the knowledge that we have and go deeper? And because Peter Salih mentioned, we grow up learning about the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We learn that Allah is all-knowing, Allah is all-powerful, Allah is all-seeing, all-hearing and all-seeing. But how important is it for us not just to take our primary school education, but seek that secondary and tertiary education in terms of our deen? And what I mean by that is developing our knowledge so that we truly understand who Allah is and have that certainty in our hearts. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala were to ask us um, and we stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, and we are asked, why are you Muslim? Why do you believe in me as your creator? Are we going to say because we were brought up like that? Because our parents were Muslim and, uh, 
And Allah will say, okay, so your parents were Muslim, but what did you do to get to know me better? I am your Lord. What do you know about me? Then you will rattle, rattle off the sifat. Say we say all-knowing, for example. Then Allah will say, what does that mean? And Allah will say, did I not give you a brain and ability to understand that better than what you are giving to me now? We are going to be tested by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of the abilities and qualities and the brains and the intellect that Allah has given us. And each one will be tested according to what they've been given. So if you've been given a brain that was capable of going way beyond what you are, are now currently believing, and you have left it like that, you're going to be punished. Yes, we're going to be punished because we haven't done what we are supposed to do. We must make whatever effort we can to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We can't just use our primary school education and take that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and having done nothing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cannot be worshipped properly if we don't know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why we battle so when we, we make our salah or when we make dua, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests us with difficulties because Allah places you in a state of need so that you can cut yourself off from relying on anything else in the dunya and start realizing the only answer I can get is from Allah. From no one else, from nothing, only from Allah. Then your iman starts increasing through that difficulty that you are going. But when Allah removes the difficulty, you go back to your own ways and making no effort to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to understand and act on that understanding about Allah sifat and the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And but Sally, when we talk about this knowledge, we're not talking about someone going away for a number of years and coming back and having qualified. Uh, but we're talking about the type of knowledge or the seeking of knowledge wherein we are immersing ourselves in the understanding of our purpose, isn't it? Yes. Muhammad Fasih, if it was based on um, your level of Islamic education, then the imams and the shuyukh and the maulanas and the muftis would be the only ones who would go to Jannah. <laughs> uh, oh, Allah is not so unfair. Allah doesn't expect us all to become alims. Allah has a personal relationship with every single individual. You must know that and understand that Allah has a personal relationship with you as a person. You are different to anyone and everyone else out there. And that relationship between you and Allah is something that Allah understands what is your abilities that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you and what you are able to do with those abilities. So Allah knows exactly what you are capable of doing. So if Allah hasn't given you a high school education or a university education, then Allah knows that. But with what you've been given, you may be at standard 7 or standard 8 or whatever. Allah knows with that education what you are able to do. And with that is the possibility of getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But you must make effort. And the effort that you must make is first 
to get to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now you can't know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in any other way than trying to get a deeper and a better understanding of the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not only to recite it. Some people can recite it beautifully, but they will give you the basic understandings of it, but won't be able to give you any deeper understanding that actually makes you feel that you actually know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala better. And that is the exercise, inshallah, that we hope to go on. And for the listeners out there, uh, a reminder, go take out all the old books and the material that you can and read about the sifat and the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that when you speak about it, it's easier for us to work through some of the concepts because some of the concepts and the understanding if we embark on this path of wanting to get to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's going to mean that we're going to have to apply our minds and we're going to have to make effort. The effort can't be that you only listen on a Thursday or a Sunday evening uh, to this program, and that is going to be it. This should lay the basis of you pursuing a path of really putting Tawheed first. Tawheed is the very foundation of all the other knowledge in Islam. Without this, you are building, it's like building a house on quicksand. Uh, it can wobble, it can, the foundations can crack, the walls can collapse. We must build a solid foundation, and the solid foundation is our understanding of Tawheed. And I hope, inshallah, that people are going to make a commitment to actually make effort to understand the sifat and the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a much better way, inshallah. Amin inshallah amin, the voice of Balisal Imani, this, the program Tawheed in the Creation, and uh, this evening we've been reflecting in this part of the program around Tawheed, the importance of Tawheed, uh, particularly as we navigate this crisis of coronavirus, how we need to re-look at our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and develop a better sense of Allah consciousness and recognizing that everything comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the end of the day. Bilisari, big shukran for joining us this evening. All the best and uh, may Allah keep Bilisari and family safe. And inshallah, we'll chat soon again next week. Amin. Amin, inshallah. Shukran, uh, Muhammad Fasih, for the opportunity to be and to share with the listeners out there. I hope Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect them and their families Amin. from all the difficulties and the hardships that's associated with this lockdown and in the process to strengthen their iman and taqwa. And uh, I wish you everything of the best and leave you in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And uh, from myself, Muhammad Fasih, Peterson, till I speak to you again, inshallah. I wish you assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi Have a fantastic evening further. لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله لا حول ولا قوة إلا